Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Emily Anderson, Third and Girl, and myself preview this weekend's football action, college football week seven. We go through all the key matchups, everything you need to know, a little bit of the Heisman talk, little bit of power five who has a legitimate shot of making the college football playoff then we move over to week six we do our pick them the cold hard locks manities will be coming later in the week in the form of a blog post but it was a ton of fun to record cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments as always though make sure that you like share and subscribe to the podcast again the bullpen cart is what you need to search on itunes Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Thunderblog Sports, just like the website, ThunderblogSports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and joining me all the way from our apartment is third and girl, Emily Anderson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's Thursday. Eagles are about to start playing uh, about an hour from when we're recording, so... We're on the clock. We are on the clock. All right, so just as a quick housekeeping for those that have been diligent keeping up with the podcast, might have noticed no bullpen cart yet for the AL and NLCS. Greg is on vacation, as is Maddie D. That's why Emily is sitting here. So we're going to do Fun V Tailgate this week. Emily's going to give her picks, and I think we're going to get a blog up with Matt's and all of our picks. But in terms of a baseball one for the League Championship Series, I'm going to write a blog and get that out before the... NLCS begins tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that on ThunderblogSports.com. But we are here. We are talking college football week seven and NFL week six. Both kicking off tonight. Got some interesting matchups. Obviously, the Eagles and Giants is what we are paying attention to. But let's start in college football. Week six last week, M. It was an interesting one. You know, you had LSU go down to Florida and lose in... In pretty dramatic fashion, they had a pick six. Tim Tebow magic. Yeah, it was Tim Tebow retirement day. That's a good point. Uh, you Notre Dame, who throttled Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech, and we'll talk about Notre Dame in a little bit. Good and, radio fist pumping over here. Yeah, you know, you know great bad radio segment <laughs> over here. But yeah, I mean, so you had, but the game of the week had to be the Red River Shootout, the Red River Showdown, whatever the hell they want to call it now, where Texas looks like they're going to blow out Oklahoma. Kyler Murray comes back to lead these guys to a tie ball game and then Dicker the kicker nails that guy. a field goal so that the Longhorns win and all of a sudden you know we don't have that many undefeated teams left the college football playoff scene for right now seems the same clarity it had before of the four teams we thought were going to get in but the surprise teams except for really Notre Dame you now have to wonder you know what can they do where where does the chaos have to form and how well does this timing have to go 
for a team like Penn State, like Oklahoma, Michigan, hell, even Texas at this point. Texas is now up to ninth in the AP poll, jumping 10 spots after beating Oklahoma. But Em, what are you thinking? How are you feeling about where we're at in terms of rankings and where some of these teams outside of the Bama, Georgia, OSU, Clemson can have an opportunity to get in? Well, first, I have a question for you. Okay. How do you think that the loss to Texas affects Kyler Murray's Heisman chances? Do you think it takes him out of the running? It's such an interesting question. It's an early October game. And it's not like Leonard Fournette when he was the runaway favorite and he got literally stonewalled (laughs) by Alabama in a later season game. You have plenty of time that you can make up for this because they're going to play a team and a Heisman contender like Will Greer in West Virginia, possibly twice. So he has a lot of other opportunities to really show the the Heisman committee what he's got, and I guess the Heisman Foundation. Um, But, I mean, think about it this way. Johnny Manziel wasn't really on the radar the year he won the Heisman until they beat Bama. So I don't think he's completely out of it. You can certainly look at that as a as a hiccup, but he almost led them back to that win. They just don't ultimately get the loss. They, they ultimately get the loss rather because Texas had enough time to get kicker the dicker. Um, and yes, I meant to do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Into a place that that puts them over the top. But I mean, you can't really blame him. He showed everything he had. He had an incredible touchdown run. He had some great passes. I mean, just a great. It was still a good game from him. But yeah. the law. Lo- the record is a big thing. I don't think it's as big as, as in other sports where you vote for an MVP, that they try to hold that against you. Um, certainly, you got to be in some sort of New Year's Six Bowl conversation to be on the radar, but you've seen people at least get into the finals as a kind of out there guy. Yeah, I think that their last game of the season will end up being the big showcase. Against- That's West Virginia, right? Yeah, yep. their last regular season game. Because Possibly they might play two weeks in a row. How crazy yeah. is that? They don't uh, They don't have any other, at the moment, ranked opponents from the rest of the year until that game. So, Yeah, so the Big 12 is interesting because it's right now, it's Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma's looking like it's going to be this top in a battle for supremacy in it and who ultimately gets the top two spots. And that's how they determine their championship game instead of having divisions like way back in the day, or it was always like Colorado would win the North and play like those good Texas teams with Vince Young and get de- demolished. But yeah, then you have Baylor technically at fourth, TCU, Texas Tech in T5. You have uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, T7 at one and two, and then Kansas Kansas State 0-3. Kind of what, we're th- kind of what we thought could happen. Uh, Baylor jumping up there a little bit, but I mean... Yeah, well, I mean... But it, Oklahoma also demolished Baylor. So yeah, like. it's true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> and they probably can to a lot of other teams, too. It's gonna be, Texas is really the wild card there, because they adapted yeah. to knowing that, hey, they're going to put up an ass ton of points, Oklahoma will, and we have to do the same. And, and obviously they came out of gate firing. <clears throat> but their defense is really a big part of what they bring to the table. So... In terms of a big te- Big 12 team gets in, you either need West Virginia to go undefeated, and I think it's 13-0, no matter what conference you're coming out of, as long as it's a power five, I should say, it's going to get you in. Of course, U- uh, UCF did not last year uh, as a 13-0 national team. Champions. Yeah, they're their own national champions. They put up a banner. What look, Quick, quick pop-up question. Which banner do you honor more? The UCF... 2017 national championship or the 
Nashville Predators regular season Western Conference Championship. The UCF banner. Yeah. yeah. It's where The it's Preds where, just made a banner up. Yeah. They were like, we want a banner. Yeah, we just want a banner. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing uh, that you get a banner for. Yeah. It's funny because, like, they have the President's Trophy there, too, which is also debatable on whether or not you should put that up. Like, best regular season record in the league. You yeah. do get a trophy for it. But, like, the Flyers don't put it up. The Red Wings, I think, had and hadn't. I don't think the Blackhawks do. The Capitals did, and they got roasted forever. I don't think you need a banner. You can put the trophy in, like, your, like, fancy case of, like, Yeah, like, great the, like the team that... history little corner. Yeah. Talk about... I get, like, Nashville, they've only made the playoffs a handful of times in, in their 20 years in the NHL. But they're, like, fill... in the scope of the NHL, that's still a relatively young franchise. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're the thir- or fourth youngest team in the yeah. league. Um, yeah, behind, what was it, Atlanta, now Winnipeg is older than them. We should get back on track. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's the Big 12 for you. The ACC, I don't know what to think of, of Clemson um, at 6-0, and but they're number four. They've, they've kind of had a weird season so far. They've gotten close to losing a couple times. Uh, Syracuse, obviously, a couple weeks ago, putting them into contention. Then they go out on the road. And blow out Wake Forest, who I thought was going to be this team that could, after they almost beat up a Boston College team that looked like they were going to be unreal and they can't play off out of the road on the road, um, <clears throat> except against Wake Forest. I thought they were going to beat Notre Dame, dead wrong. I thought Clemson wasn't going to put up points, dead wrong. They killed them. But there, you also have NC State, who's five and zero. They have a great quarterback. They did miss a game against West Virginia. got canceled because of the hurricane a couple weeks back. So there's a kind of what-if game, and will that get rescheduled because West Virginia might be in college football playoff contention, NC State might be in, in playoff contention. And then you have the other division. You have the Coastal. Virginia Tech just lost again. They moved to 3-2. and two. Miami's ranked, but I don't really trust them. Then you have Duke, who actually has a pretty good record, but is 0-1, so technically last in their division. But they probably they're they're reliable enough. They could be ranked by the end of the season. Well, Clemson doesn't play this week in the ACC. They have a bye, so we're not going to get any more clarity around them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of great matchups this week in the ACC. I mean, Pitt's playing Notre Dame. They're going to get demolished. Yep. Uh, like you said, Miami could honestly. I don't haven't been paying close enough attention to the Cavs, but I could see like Miami getting upset there. Yeah, Virginia's been a lot better this yeah. year than we thought. Like way more credit to them than Matt and I gave them in the preseason. They're three and two, one and one in the ACC. They got a pretty good quarterback in Bryce Perkins. Uh, they're only six and a half home dogs and an over under of forty seven and a half, which I feel like is low. Uh, but then again, that's telling you probably if Virginia's going to pull this off, they have to hold. They're either going to get stifled by the turnover chain defense, which has been better in the last couple weeks, but I still don't trust it that much. Uh, but that Miami offense is still an anomaly to me. Yeah, and I mean, they're, Miami has a 73.4% chance of winning, but I just think I think that game is like ripe for an upset. Because um, Virginia, they've they beat Indi- or they just lost to Indiana. They beat Louisville, Richmond, which is a good FCS program. Yep. Um, although the Blue Hens just beat them too. So basically what I'm saying is Blue Hens should be in the ACC. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you never know. They want to get, you know, maybe what's, they want to get the Delaware market. Like what's the Big Ten want to get. in? What conference? Uh, they, I believe, are, 
I want to say they're Sun Belt, but let, let me double. No, they are. Uh, they are Conference USA. I just pulled it up. Okay. As are a lot of teams that have recently moved from the FCS to the FBS, as Old Dominion and Charlotte both did. Charlotte didn't even have football like seven years ago. Neither did Old nuts. Dominion. Uh, oh, really? No, they, they were. Got, they got football like when I was in school. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't realize they were one of those teams as well. Yeah, there's a bunch of teams that just did this and like are now FBS. Apparently, I think it's because like a lot of times in schools like that that don't have football football is such like a defining sport for so many people and although you might live in the area and like kind of have grown up with that team as like your team mm-hmm. when they get football even though you could have been recruited outside of it and you're a good player you kind of just like feel the pool to go and like build something great yeah. and so i think that like you would think that their first classes would be like lesser or like more haphazard but i think that they have like really strong first recruiting classes and i think that they've been like it's not like they just like snapped their fingers and decided i think they like are laying the ground yeah. for a while there no for sure that's a really good point and it's one of those things too with title nine of how much money's really getting pumped into there because there's no, not really an equivalent of football but one pro like you know that is a go-to in other words so there's probably one woman's program, women's program, that's getting a ton of money injected in, whether it's basketball, field hockey, soccer, yeah. lacrosse, whatever it happens to be. You know, it kind of depends school school to school. So that's a really good point. Uh, but kind of just to keep us on track going through the Power Fives, let's do Big Ten. Okay. Because they had an interesting week. You had Michigan take out a Maryland team that – it kept it a little closer. It looked like for a bit that Michigan might be in some type of trouble where it was only 10-3 for a while, and they got a last-minute touchdown in the second in the second quarter. And then Michigan just pulled away with it and won by 21 points. But they still are showing their slow start offensively. Ohio State only beat Indiana by 23, an Indiana team that's actually pretty solid. Um, I always say they're the tough out at home. They were beating Ohio State at halftime last year at home in the season opener. But – you got Northwestern who upset Michigan State, called the points, and I almost called the upset on the blog. Really wish I had. But the Wildcats, Wildcats have had a crazy year. They're 2-1 in the Big Ten. They've had a couple really good wins, a couple really bad losses, including one to Duke, which keep you know keep a pencil around the Blue Devils as they go along. They lost to the Zips. Yeah, they lost to Akron. <laughs> like, yep. yeah, they've had a weird season, weird the uh, season. Northwestern Wildcats have. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Boston College just lost to NC State. Or no, Boston College is ACC. Never mind. Um, but that was a close game, NC State-Boston College. Thought there was going to be a lot of points there, and there weren't. But still in the Big Ten. I mean, what what do you think of the Big Ten and where they're at? Because Wisconsin plays Michigan this week. Huge matchup. And kind of Wisconsin's last shot at being a serious threat. And kind of for the Big Ten East as well. Like Michigan... Would hope they go ten and two going into the Big tw- Big Ten championship, so that they have you know the the Joker Dark Knight scenario that I always talk about. You don't want anybody that you beat to fall too heavily. But if what Wisconsin wins, Wisconsin as Matt calls them, <laughs> that could really throw a wrench into some stuff. Not that anybody's really expecting Michigan to be the Big Ten East team to come out of things, but it makes that Big Ten championship a lot more intriguing. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? On the Ohio State-Penn State, Penn State lost last week, obviously. Weird play calls by James Franklin. It's going to be interesting. And how Ohio State's doing. 
it's so hard because in the Big Ten, I feel like there's really, with like, <coughs> sorry, the Big Ten championship, like there's no, there's really no parity in it. Like, I just feel like every year it's going to be Ohio State and Wisconsin unless they, like, switch the divisions up. Because, I mean, Michigan's 12 right now, and them and Ohio State are both 3-0 and in the conference. But it's not – like, we we know that that's not how it's going to end up. Like mm-hmm. So it's kind of just, like – I feel like it's, like, predetermined. Like, we just know what's going to happen in the Big Ten, so I find it, like, less interesting. Well, so that's what's that's what's so interesting about it is because it's been Ohio State, Wisconsin – since it went east and west. Yeah, and that's when it was what leaders and legends they had Ohio State was going through their stuff and it was interesting there and all that sort of stuff. But you no, know, it's a good point. I mean, that's what's sort of a bummer about Nebraska, because you thought Scott Frost was gonna come in there, they're gonna be the sleeper team. Iowa's still hanging around. Um there they got some votes this week. Wisconsin or Northwestern's still hanging around. So it's possible, but you're right, Wisconsin just has such a stranglehold on that division that makes it Really not that intriguing. Big Tennies can be because you have to hope that Penn State upsets Ohio State or Michigan will. Or, God, if Michigan State comes out of nowhere, yeah. which some people thought they were going to be. And, and Matt and I both astutely, whether it was biased or not, said they were not going to be that good. Thank you very much. But still, you're right. It's it's a weird conference because you don't really – it's like an NBA game. You don't need to tune in until the last couple weeks or the last couple minutes of an NBA game to really get an idea of – what happened? Where the storyline's going to come from? Right. But yeah, so I mean, let's let's just keep it moving. You want to go Pac-12? Or you want to go SEC next? Um, let's go Pac-12. All right. So in the Pac-12 last week, we had some interesting matchups. You had Washington keeping it close to the winless UCLA Bruins. First time they've been zero and five in a really long time. First year under Chip Kelly, obviously. He's not doing. No, he's not doing great, but, you know, the the old adage, he's got to get a year to get his guys in and blah, 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 blah. I saw a headline that was like, Chip Kelly's tenure goes from, like, uneventful to abysmal. Or, like, just something, like, so dramatic and, like... There is something to it, though. There's a bunch of dudes in there that he didn't recruit. There aren't guys in his system. It's a little bit of a cop-out, but still... You, know, you have to you have to think that way. The big news though was Utah beating Stanford because Stanford obviously beat Oregon a couple weeks back and made the conference really kind of stand on its head. So now you really all you have to hope for is that Washington goes undefeated because I think a one loss Washington team at twelve and one winning the Pac twelve championship or if Colorado keeps this up because they're five and zero, oh. but. That's really your only shot. Maybe Oregon, if Oregon goes on this run, is 12-1 and as Pac-12 champ, uh, which would require probably Stanford to beat Washington and then the Ducks to beat Washington. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a weird conference at the moment, considering Colorado is right up there and, and in that slot to, to take the South crown. USC could float around there. They're obviously playing this weekend. Colorado and USC are at the Coliseum, so that's going to be an actually really good game to watch. Um, Colorado's had a pretty good year. They've had Steven Montez, their quarterback, still pretty solid. Trayvon McMillan, their running back, has over 100 yards a game. So a lot a lot to watch out there, and, and obviously USC's had this up-and-down yo-yo of a season. But what do you think, Em? Where do you think... This conference sits. Where do you think some of the top teams sit? What do you think? 
I think we'll get a good, a better understanding um, this week, honestly. I think this is a huge week in this conference, especially, like you said, the Colorado-USC game and also Oregon and Washington play each other. Yep. So you're really going to see these, like, top dogs in each of their respective divisions of their conferences going at it. And I think that that'll really help flesh out um, what's going to happen and how this is going to play out. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it's definitely going to be – this is going to be the pace-setting week. So, yeah. You're going to help your cause out a ton and get that leg up. And then if you're the loser, you're going to need some help. Yeah, like if Oregon doesn't win this week, well, I think we can be like, okay, like count yeah. them out, you know? Yeah, you can rule them out probably for both Pac-12 championship because Washington would really need to fall apart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Washington needs to. I I, I said before thirteen and zero. They I forgot they lost to Auburn. They would they would be twelve and one. Yeah. So if they lose this week, then it's re- the entire conference's shoulders lay on Colorado and Oregon. Yeah, and that those are that's Washington's next two opponents. So yeah. it'll be they have some they have some tough games. They have Oregon, Colorado, Colorado. Then they have Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. So yeah. the Apple Cup. What they call it? Yep, that's a rivalry game. And also, I mean, I think that that I, they did lose to Auburn, but I don't think that's a bad loss. No, you know, it was no, it's not a bad loss at all. If Auburn they're twelve and one, team. if they're twelve and one, that certainly keeps them keeps them in the conversation. You need Auburn. You really at this point need Auburn to keep, keep it up. Well, yeah. Because Auburn's four and two. They lost last week. Yeah, they're they're lost to a. Mississippi State. It's yeah, not does not help. Um, they should have a big win this week against Tennessee. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Tennessee, who it has only a plus two point differential, which is not good kids in the college football world. Although their defense is actually kind of solid. Their offense is just terrible. Are we segueing into the SEC? So, yeah, let's move to the SEC. An interesting week for the Southeastern Conference last week. You had... Our sweet princes, the Wildcats <laughs> of Kentucky, finally lose. And I say finally with a heavy heart because I really was hoping that they're, they were going to make a run, the Kentucky Wildcats. But they're still ranked. They're still up there. They are now 18th after being 13th last week. Georgia's obviously still up there, the class of the SEC East. You have Florida now ranked 14th after beating LSU, who's who's somehow ranked ahead of Florida. I'm not sure how the, the voters decided on that one. Um, I guess that was your first loss of the season, but the SEC West stacking up to be pretty solid right now. Texas A&M cracking their their way back in. Mississippi State cracking their way back in. Ole Miss, Arkansas rounding out the bottom of that division. Uh, We talked about sort of the mess that is the uh, bottom of the SEC East. Although Vanderbilt coming in this week, only a seven-point dog in their game, hosting, hosting Florida. I don't know. The SEC, as decided as things look like they might become with Alabama and Georgia potentially meeting undefeated in the SEC championship game, it's still really intriguing to watch because of the bits of parody we're seeing. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I am interested. I like really love this whole Kentucky thing. I think it's one hilarious. They're talking like um about whether we could see like game day in Lexington oh for a football I, game. I need like, Alabama, Kentucky in like a I think it's four weeks from, from Saturday 
to Alabama be doesn't, or no Georgia, Georgia. Kentucky, excuse yeah. me, to be on November third to be game day in three weeks from this or two weeks from this week. Yeah, three so, weeks. I can't count. I need it to be that they play Vanderbilt next week. They have a bye week this week. They host them. Then they go to Missouri. Always weird because the weird there we're we're practically west of everybody in the conference except for Texas A and M, but we're the in the East. That's a weird in division game. Then they host Georgia. They go to Tennessee, which is practically like a puddle jump from Lexington to Knoxville. Yeah. Then, as all SEC teams do, they play a cupcake game as their second-to-last game in Middle Tennessee. And then they play Louisville. So Tennessee is actually their last in-conference game. Then they'll still have two more games. But I like, really want to see them in this goddamn championship game. If Kentucky if, can if pull the upset on Georgia... I think it's going to be because even if – say they lose to Missouri next week. I think Vanderbilt's only – Vanderbilt could be tricky, but it's at in Lexington. If it was in Nashville, I'd be a little more concerned. Say they lose to Missouri, you still have to put game day there. Yeah. Because it's this team that's done very solid against good teams. They've beaten Florida. They've beaten Mississippi State. They beat a South Carolina team that looked like they were going to give Georgia trouble. I think you almost have to put game day there just out of – and like, when else this is, are they going to get game day? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, it was 11 years ago when Kansas and Missouri were the class of the Big 12. Yeah. It was insane. These two teams, like, Kansas. Kansas sucks at football. They had Charlie Weiss as their coach, and they still sucked at football. But for one year, one glorious year in 2007, <laughs> they were great. This is the college football year that started with Michigan losing to Appalachian State. 2007 was incredible. You had two lost teams all over the place. It's the the year everybody points to of why we should expand the playoff because how wild it can be. And it's what every single wild Saturday is measured up to. That said, I want Kentucky really badly in this fucking championship Yeah, game. I like it. Because it would be incredible. Not to give any sort of knock to Georgia because they are very solid. And it's a bummer that we don't get a Georgia-Alabama game in the regular season because... That would be insane too if Kentucky, if Georgia, it loses to Kentucky on November third. Because think about it this way too, of how the rankings work and how they'll vote. the The committee does it a little differently because they like to they like to be independent of the AP, but they might still look at this if Georgia finishes the season strong, especially if like Georgia Tech can add on some wins because they play in their last their last game of the season. And they don't make the SEC championship game. It's Kentucky, and they get rolled by Alabama. Yeah, that might be a way that this Georgia team gets in at eleven and one. That said, I th- it was a point I've heard on a couple different podcasts, radio shows, wherever you want to, wherever you want to listen. But the scenario is much more likely if Alabama doesn't make the SEC championship game, they get in than Georgia would. I kind of agree with that. Georgia plays LSU this weekend, which is humongous. Uh, if LSU pulls off the upset, because it's in Baton Rouge, we'll go taco, border to gumbo. But if that happens, we could start seeing some chaos yeah, within the within this. Because hilariously, everybody talks about the SEC being so good. And I'm sorry, I'll let you make your point no. in a second. But there's so much chaos to be had because there are these teams that are just nipping at Georgia and Alabama's ankles. And I think don't want the narrative to be this boring right that's that's what i was saying there's always just like a little bit of of parody and there's always like you said these teams that are nipping that are just ripe for an upset and it's gonna come eventually and 
it's gonna be that one upset that just like topples the apple cart that like just like makes the standings crazy because of the team that it is yep also in two weeks georgia plays in one of the greatest named football games they play florida do you know what that's called emily i don't they play it in jacksonville Uh the world's largest outdoor cocktail party oh i have heard of that yeah one we should go to at some point in time. But yeah, Florida's one that could do that. LSU still hanging around there. If LSU beats Georgia, could you imagine the hype that normally is very high going into the Alabama game, but the amount of hype that would be surrounding that game? Yeah. It would like, be incredible. I'm always here for the upsets. So. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's like, this is this is the frustrating thing about and it's five years, it's seven years ago that that Alabama and LSU played twice in a year where they had a rematch. But th- like these are the elimination games that we want that effectively make the college football playoff system longer than semifinals and finals. These are sort of pl- preliminary rounds in the regular season, if that makes sense. But I don't know, man. Two really good games in Baton Rouge, one on November 3rd and one next week. I, uh, I I could see some some magic happening. One of those games, I feel like they're going to win. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Georgia. But if Alabama goes down, man, Alabama, and then they host Auburn, they'd probably beat Auburn at home. But don't sleep, don't sleep on this SEC. That could be <laughs> a wild ride. So we've covered the five power conferences. There's one team, and I say team because there isn't really anybody else that we have to cover that. Those are, Emily, your Fighting Irish Notre Dame. What have your thoughts been on their season so far? The shiny team? Yes, the shiny team is a little cuz few. Kellen called them. Yeah, we're Notre Dame fans in my family, and we are all together this weekend. And he said, oh, that's my favorite team. I said, what are they called? He said, the shiny team. Yes, with their gold helmets. Yes. The nice little Shiny nice little team player. versus the Kellen, bad guys. Kellen, as you, might, as you might imagine, is five years old. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, you know... It's very astute in, in noticing helmet colors. Exactly. But what have your thoughts been on their season? They're 6-0. and Love They're it. They're sitting right there. They're number five in the AP poll. They could crack into this. I'm thoughts? Ag- I'm against their number five ranking. Okay. How so? I just think... I mean, granted, they don't have, like, a ton of, like... I mean, their Ball State and Vanderbilt wins, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And those also were, like, weirdly in close... I guess they haven't really blown the doors off of anybody, mm-hmm. but I think their switch to book for a quarterback was a great move. Yep. One. And Huge move for them. They, I mean, I really think that they're primed to finish undefeated. Yeah, let's look at their schedule. I mean, Navy, Notre Dame Navy's always an interesting game, but besides that... At Northwestern? <sighs> I mean, Northwestern, they stay good. That's a quality win right there. And that could be a... I don't know if they're going to be a ranked opponent. But that's a quality win. I mean, Syracuse will be a quality win. Yeah. USC, you almost have to hope that they go on some sort of run. So you get a quality win in LA for the in the battle for the jeweled shillelagh. I almost really fucked up that name. <laughs> but then that's it. I mean, if they're 12-0, and 0, do you think that's it for them? I mean, what else? That thing is, it's like they're 12-0... and 0. They open the season with this giant game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so hyped up. And, I mean, going into the... I'm just looking at the schedule, like, going into the season. You would think that, like, 
all of, a lot of these games on here. Stanford. I mean, Virginia Tech was a huge game. USC, like FSU, like you would think that these are all like big matchups. If they go undefeated, it's like what else can they do? Yeah. Do you think they'd get in? If if everything stood right now, Clemson's undefeated ACC team, Ohio State's an undefeated Big 12 team or Big 10 team, and Alabama and Georgia meet in the SEC championship undefeated, do you think Notre Dame gets in? I think they should. I don't know that I think that they will. I think that they. I don't know that I think that they will, but I think that we they just should. talked about. We just hyped up Kentucky, and if Kentucky stays as hyped as we do, but loses to Georgia, that's a quality win for Georgia. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you have two SEC teams, and they meet in the championship in one. In theory, it's a. It's in theory, it should be an elimination game. But right. last year. All of the, that theory it's got thrown that's out, out the door, unfortunately. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think they should get in, but I'm not positive that yeah. they would because of that. So it's crazy. Basically but it's what like, we're saying. Yeah. I mean, if there are five undefeated... That's the thing. There's not going to be five undefeated teams. No. So if there's four undefeated teams, why should those four undefeated teams not get in? I, I would agree with you there. I think that's... Especially if they're all Power 5 teams, which Notre Dame gets lumped into, even though they're an independent. I would agree with that. Yeah. If they're undefeated, they should get in, but they may not. I think... I think... I think that if that happens, that is the the biggest... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Indicator or, you know, catalyst... To move it. To get to eight teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's another conversation... All together is eight the number, six is ten, but we can have that. Or whatever day. the number whatever is. Whatever the I happy space think is. That that's a huge catalyst. Yeah. Especially as bad as it sounds, but like when there's, you know, big names and donor money and things behind the scenes, things happen a little bit faster sometimes. Yeah. Even, you know those Notre Dame alumni. There's money there. Yeah, they got some they got some thick pockets. Yeah. Alright. Anything else in college you wanna t- you wanna touch on? Um the the Delaware Blue Hens. Yes, yes. Made me money a couple weeks ago. Made me money a couple weeks ago. It's true, they did. You're welcome for that. Yeah. Um, it's like the only bet, you like one of three bets you've steered that went right. Ten that have gone terrible. Hey, I got uh, I got you this week, too. Yeah, but, you did, yeah this past week you did give me Kansas I, City. I did, I helped out. Yeah. I don't know I, also, I was referring to. I also told you to bet Oklahoma, so, you know. Yeah, see... I really like Kyler Murray. I really like all right, him. All right. Anyway, anyways, Delaware plays Elon, Elon, who is having a good year. It's a big game for Delaware. They're getting votes in the rankings, but they're not ranked right now, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. We're talking this off air. FCC rank or F, FCS rankings are a little. They're out crazy. There. Because of the fact that they play teams in a division higher than them, they can get absolutely yeah. nuts. We were saying that Villanova right now is ranked 25. They had a big win against Temple um, to start the season, but since then, have kind of their only other wins are Jordy's Lehigh Mountain Hawks and the Buck. What are they? The Bison. The Bucknell Bison. Bison. So Sucknell, as we uh, appropriately call them. Patriot League not known for their football. No. Whereas Delaware Patriot League let up let in their got their first uh, at large team into the tournament two years ago and they got one more last year, 
but no, traditionally not a not a powerhouse of a conference. Yeah. So, yeah, and Villanova is, I think, zero and three in the CAA, mm-hmm. whereas Delaware has some CAA wins. They have a loss to North Dakota State, who could beat a lot of FBS teams. I think. They're probably. As, as Appalachian they beat State the Browns? has shown that... They, no, not this year, I don't think. Maybe last year. <laughs> Maybe when the Wentz wagon was there. Hell yeah. Darren Sproles' nephew goes there, too. Does he really? Interesting. But, um, yeah, just just look out for the Blue Hens. I think right. they're going to make some noise. They've got, All right, I like it. We're here for the Blue Hens, so... That's all I got. I like it. Lehigh plays Fordham. They open up their Patriot League schedule... Uh, the only team to not have played a game yet, so it's a good good opportunity for them to get off on the right foot. Um, Got to look out for Colgate, though. Colgate 5-0. But let's move on. NFL Week 6, kicking off in 45 minutes. With the our Eagles Philadelphia Eagles. And the Giants. So, we We're go in. We're in color rush blue, I believe, tonight. Mm. The Giants. Oh, are they? Good so. for them. Good for big blue. So, let's go right into it. Cold, hard locks of the week. I uh, don't have the standings of Matt and I from last week because I've. Uh, so am I playing for Matt? Is that how this no. Works? So what we're gonna do is Matt's gonna send me his picks at some point. He's visiting his grandfather, so he's all, you know, all, you know, he's in golfing. South Carolina. He's golfing. He was cleaning his, uh, the roof of his grandfather, the leaves off the roof of his grandfather's house on da- Dan da- Danta Dauta Island. I don't know. Kiwa. Kiwa. Uh, not, it's not Kiwa, but it's like Dauta or something. Some island in South Carolina. So it probably got hit by the hurricane. And I think they're it's good that they're helping out, that they're there to help out. Uh, but nonetheless, week six, cold hard locks. Let's start with tonight, Thursday night football game. The Eagles, the line I have right now, is two points in New York. Emily, what are your thoughts on this game? Because the Eagles did not look good last week. Man, the NFC East is a bit of a dumpster fire, to be honest Indeed with you. it is. Um, it's rough, but I don't know if it's like the ridiculous Homer in me or what, but like the birds got to take this, right? Yeah. You would think that they do. It's supposed to be wet. You just gotta, you have to figure that Eli's probably not going to have another good game in him. The defense wants the Eagles defense wants to step up from how bad they played last week. And you'd think, despite of the weird running back core that we're sending out tonight, that these Eagles, those the guys are going to want to step up and you know make up for this because you lost JJ for the rest of the season. You want to pick him up. Bummed about that. You are, yeah, I'm bummed about it too. But let's see what they do. I like them here. Minus, I actually have it at two and a half. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. Sounds like you are as well. I'm yeah. assume Matt is because Matt, even though you picked the the Vikings last week, uh, but. Yeah, minus two and a half. It is the road division game, so that's really all you have to worry about there. Over under forty five. There's no football. Stay away from over unders. Let's move to Sunday though. We got the Cardinals visiting the Minnesota Vikings. The first game I got. The Vikings are laying ten points at home. So the Cardinals getting getting ten. Vikings defense looked pretty good against the Eagles last week. Another game with a low over under of forty three. Um, a lot of points laying here. What are your thoughts, Em? It is a lot of points, and I mean, going into this season, everyone was like, the Vikings are good. I mean, the NFC Championship game. But then I just, I go back to that Bills loss, and I'm like, duh. 
Yeah. What happened? Yep. And it's like, that can happen whenever. Yep. But really can. the Cardinals are also not good. Yeah, they're you know, coming off a big road win. So you got to think, are they going to come down from that? Was it a big road win? Was it a big win? Yeah, I mean, the, Who? C.J. Beathard was the quarterback yeah, of the Niners? Yeah, I mean, Niners? still, you know, it's a road win. Road wins are big. Yeah, okay. I'm still, I'm taking the Vikings. You're taking all the points? Yeah. I am too. <laughs> it's it's at home. If it was a, this big of a, uh, you're laying that many points on the road, you almost want to just take the home dog. But, yeah, it's they're at home. I wouldn't actually put money on it. That's a, that's that kind of bet. Moving on, though, Chargers at the Browns. Browns are still an underdog in this game, which um, surprising that it's not closer to a pick em. One and a half basically is, but you never know. Browns coming off a big win. They should be coming off two big wins because they got kind of screwed against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. Chargers still look pretty good. So, Em, I ask you, do you think that this one and a half is out of more respect to the Browns and their win and it being closer? Or that people are starting to fade the Chargers and being a little inc- showing some inconsistencies over the last couple weeks. Even though they have a pretty good record to start right now of 3-2. and two. They have a pretty good record, but like I'm looking at who they beat and they haven't beat anyone. Mm-hmm. They beat the Bills. Okay. They beat the Niners. And they beat the Raiders. Like they, they have not beat. They lost to the Chiefs, who are a great team. They've lost to the Rams, which are a great team. So I guess the question is, are you lumping the Browns in with those teams that are like, not good or are you lumping the Browns in with the good teams and I'm kind of starting to lean towards lumping the Browns in with the good teams I'm in the same boat I took Cleveland with a point and a half I'd take Cleveland too All this right. isn't that fun that we're not competing no this but... is this is what Matt and I do and it's, don't worry he's going to pick some wacky stuff but anyway no I like that a lot I think I think Phil Rivers might have a big week but their secondary for Cleveland is very good and I think that can hold them what I really like, I actually like this as a high-scoring game. Cleveland has some real offensive weapons. They do, and they, they weren't that good last week, so I almost want to see a water-finding-its-level kind of game from Baker Mayfield and crew. Because this is his first start, you know, it's yeah. kind of wacky. I like Baker. I like Yeah, him. people love Baker. Anyway, we're both taking the rounds there. I might bet the over in that game. Yeah. Weird, weird. Oh, it's because it's in England. So another one o'clock game. About to say chart the Seahawks technically at the Raiders, but it's in England. Yeah, which is why it's at which is why it's at one o'clock for two teams normally located in the West. Seattle opens as a two and a half point road dog. Put that big quotation marks. England games normally kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, Uh, I do think. That the Raiders are kind of this Jekyll and Hyde team. A lot of Hyde we've been seeing, but some aspects of uh, showing what they used to be able to do. A lot of people are touting it as a big revenge game with Marshawn Lynch playing the Seahawks. I don't know if I really believe it, though. Um, I think what really what you have to key on in this game is Derek Carr going to his number one receiver right now, Jared Cook, their tight end, who's been a solid guy for a couple of years for him. Uh, but really, if Derek Carr can step it up, I think they can win this game. They can. They can. I don't like the over-under 48. I think it's going to be way lower. I'm going to go, though. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, it's hard. The, the Raiders, I feel like, are just really underperforming this year. It's really yeah. 
So, yeah, this could be a water finding its level game, too, in which case Oakland could smash them because the Seahawks are pretty banged up. Like, Amari Cooper has 280 yards this season. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? He's really he's really fallen off, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, from his, like, soft freshman and sophomore seasons. Sure. He had a lot of touchdowns last year, not a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. But I guess I take the Seahawks, too. All right. All right. No, I like it. I like it. Let's move on. Bears, Dolphins in Miami. Chicago laying four points on the road. Uh, and I really like the Bears here. I Bears. think that's a low, low line. I think the Bears are on the up and up. The Dolphins are really showing what where they've been. The only thing that does concern me is that Miami is at home. And they've been very good at home. They have not been. Their two losses have come on the road. And they've kind of gotten dummied a little bit left and right. So that keeps it closer. ESPN's showing three and a half. And the sports book I use is showing four. Um, but, yeah, I think I really do like the Bears here to, to come out come out firing. Uh, so I'm going to take them. They're coming off a bye week. I think they're going to be well-rested. Uh, Bears covering the four-point spread. The only thing that makes me hesitate on taking the Bears is they really were rolling, mm-hmm. and I don't know if the bye week is gonna have them lose some momentum. Sure, that's a that's a fair point. Um, a lot of times when it's the bye week, teams are like, "This is the time we need to rest," but I know Trey Burton was like, "This is not the time for our bye week. Like we need to keep playing." Yeah. So I don't know if that's gonna come in to play, but I still like the Bears here. I can't pick against a Delaware guy, so. Take the Bears. Expand on the Delaware guy point because I'm not sure a lot of people know this. <laughs> Matt Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, is a University of Delaware graduate. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, moving on. Carolina Panthers at the Washington Redskins. This game is a pick 'em, Emily. Ooh. The Panthers coming off the 61 yarder to win. Yeah. The, the Redskins got shelled on Monday Night Football. And what are your thoughts on this game? Because this is an intriguing matchup. Yeah. I leaned... I'm like... The only thing is I'm kind of bad at this because I just have such a, a homer mentality that anytime anyone plays anyone in the NFC East, I want them to lose. Mm, the old Matt strategy. <laughs> it is the Matt strategy. So that that leads me to take the Panthers. Okay, I'm going to take the Panthers here. This is going to be our first disagreement. I'm going to take Washington here. All right. I like them to have a nice bounce back game, and they didn't, they really didn't have that bad of a game. It's just you're playing Drew Brees. They're de- it showed the defense. Nobody really plays well in New Orleans anyway. Maybe got a little buckled over the weekend on Bourbon Street. Who and knows? I think half of the time, I mean, were any Redskins fans that were at? Not that there were any Redskins fans in the Superdome, but. Even if they were, people were probably like, kind of like, oh, I'm so happy for Drew Brees, you know, breaking yeah. the the passing record, and he's a good guy, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that things were ever in their favor going in there. Yeah. It was destiny. It was okay. a destiny game. But I want the Redskins to lose, so I'm going to go with Panthers. All right. Homer as always. Colts-Jets. Another one o'clock game. The Jets laying two and a half points as a home favorite. Colts have, uh, you know, they haven't been terribly terrible. These are both really weird teams. Yeah. That's really probably the weird. best way to put it. Weird teams. Like, I feel like they're just underdogs because they have a worse record. If the Jets hadn't won last week, they might be favorites. I feel the like Colts the Jets, like, their options are, like, blow teams out or lose. Yeah. Like, I thought the Broncos were good. And then. Yeah. 
they stuffed it down their throats. Really the Jets did. did. So what are you thinking? I'm going to take the Jets. Okay. Jets minus two and a half. I, too, am going to take the Jets. I like them to slam it down their throat. Do what the Eagles wanted to do to them. Yeah. But do it much more effectively because they show that they can do that. And and they did that big time last week with uh, the running back tandem of Crowell and Powell helping out my team. (laughs) A big fantasy win. Not that anybody really cares. Nope. But anyway, let's move on. We got the Steelers and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a two-point favorite at home. Bengals all day. Taking Bengals all day? All day. All right, what are you thinking there? The Steelers are a wreck. Mm-hmm. We thought that last week playing the playing the Falcons. The Falcons aren't that good either. Okay. I think the Bengals are a good team. Yeah. And I think that... I think there's just a lot of weird stuff going on in that Steelers locker room, mm-hmm. and I think the Bengals are good. I'm taking them. Okay. All right. Road team. I'm going to take the home favorite in a divisional matchup, Cincinnati Bengals. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Bengals are pretty good. They're having a good start. The only thing that would concern me is that they've been so hot the last couple of weeks, maybe they taper off just a bit. Steelers want to keep hot as they were last week. I do like that Bengal defense, though. I think they slow up James Conner a little bit. I think, and I think that the the Bengals are just more consistent. Yeah, that's the, actually a really good way to put Steelers, it. The Steelers, like, what was the game? Ben had, like, five interceptions. Against the Browns. Like, what are you, what? No. no. It's crazy stuff. Bengals. All right, so next up, we got the Bucks getting only three and a half points in Atlanta. I don't know how it's only three and a half. Is it because Jameis is back? I, I don't know. I thought the Bucks were good, and now I don't know. No, they're not good. They're not good. <laughs> they started off the season. Yeah, yeah, that was the Fitzmagic. I know. The Fitzmagic faded. I know. Yeah, they're not good. Is Jameis good? Not really. He's been not so good the last couple of years. But who knows? Maybe a new, new year, new him. Uh, Are the Falcons good? At home, they're good. They're one and two at home. Yeah, but they're still better. What are they? Zero oh and two on the road. They have a win there. <laughs> like, so, I guess. Yeah. I, I think Atlanta demolishes them here. The only reason why it's probably close is an in division game. I'm taking Atlanta minus minus three and a half. Yeah, I guess I would take Atlanta too. Okay. But I don't like it. Yeah. No, no, no that's that's fair. <laughs> I wouldn't bet this game. No, 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 no stay away from that. <laughs> Bills-Texans in Houston. The Bills are getting 10 points on the road to a Texans team that's been not also inconsistent. They had that they won against Cowboys last week. The Cowboys are not good. The Cowboys aren't very good. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Because they can show signs of, of greatness. Deshaun Watson is averaging over 300 yards a game. And the Bills, Bills could surprise you, though. Yeah. The NFL's weird this year, man. It always starts this way. But it's it's not... It always starts this way. The beginning of the year is always weird. I guess, but it's really not the... Be- it's week six. It's not that beginning-y. Yeah, I it's, guess. We're over like a need, quarter of the way in. Yeah, like, I mean, like, first half of the season is usually weird and finicky. I guess, but... Unless your name is Andy Reid. <laughs> anyway, who are you picking in this one? The Bills are getting 10 points? Yep. 
This is weird. I'm taking the Bills. I'm trying to decide. I'm looking. Bills plus 10 for Jordy. The, yeah, I'm taking the Bills. All right. The, because my thing is the Bills have a quality win. I think that that win against the Vikings is a quality win. It absolutely I is. I think the Titans are an okay team. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that the Texans have a good win. The Cowboys no. are not good. The no. Colts are like, meh. But, like, they've lost to the Giants, who are terrible. They yep. also they lost to the Titans, who the Bills beat. And they lost to the Patriots, which is unsurprising. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to take the Bills, too. Bills plus 10 for both of us. Moving on. We now are into the later afternoon games, 4 o'clock games. 4.05 start for the Rams visiting the Broncos. Rams laying seven points on the road in Denver, which we need to see how the Broncos come back. Yeah, it's supposed to be wintry mix. Yeah. So that says that there's going to be a big running game, and we saw what the Broncos' defense did against a eh running game, and now you add in Todd Gurley into this mix, into this equation. He's good. He's very good. <laughs> Normally good. He helps my fantasy team every week. Yes, I'm sure he does. That said, I like, and I'm going to probably regret this because I, you know, L.A. can smash anybody, but I'm going to take the Broncos plus seven here. I think they rebound well after this terrible loss to the Jets. I think Von Miller leads his team into practice wanting to play spoiler, be a little bit of an upset and and you know make some noise and show that they at least can still hang out in this in this league and bring themselves back up to 500. I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay. That's that's fair. I'm I'm reaching a little bit here and I will admit that. I just think weird weather game. We you know, it's in it's in Denver. We don't know what really what's going to happen. The Rams did have a close game last week, cause you, so you might think that they blow the doors off the Broncos. But I, you know, I want to see them, and this is going to show a lot about them. They're either going to be two and four and basically out of it, or they're going to be three and three and, and still, still yeah. in there. But no, that's fair. Taking LAR minus think- seven. Case Keenum hasn't been playing. I mean, I get that there's going to be a lot of running this year. Yeah. I mean, this game, but like Case Keenum has not been playing well. He has more interceptions and touchdowns. And if we're running, I'm taking Todd Garley with seven touchdowns this year already. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just putting my money on him. So. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so we have four games left, two more in the afternoon than the night games. Jaguars at the Cowboys, 425. In Dallas, Jacksonville is laying three and a half to the Cowboys. Give me the Jags. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jaguars as well. Cowboys have really been inconsistent, and we don't know really what's going on aside from that their offensive line is banged up and has not been very good, really underperforming. That spells out a lot of things for me with that Jacksonville defense. They also got embarrassed last week by the Kansas City Chiefs, so I think they have a big bounce-back game and eat up that Cowboy offensive line. Minus three and a half, great points there. Yeah, and I mean, they got embarrassed by the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are like on a monumental roll right now. Like, oh, yeah. It's not like they got embarrassed by the Bills or No, something. that's true. But they want to show that they're still an elite defense. No, agreed. But, and I, I think they're going to just demolish Zeke. He's not doing nothing. Yep. Oh, that was bad English. And, yeah. 
And, I mean, in the quarterback comparison, Blake Bortles and Dak Prescott, neither of them are, like, lighting the world on fire. So I will take... Blake Bortles having a pretty good year. I mean, he's having an okay year. Blake show? But I'm just... Averaging over 300 yards a game, 300 bones? Yeah. I Just give me the job. Get on the boat, baby. Bortles! Anyway. Good place reference. Bortles. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Great show, people. All right. So we got the last afternoon game. The Ravens going down to Smashville to play the Titans. Ravens laying two and a half as a road favorite. Emily, break this one down for me. The Ravens are going to want to bounce back from last week, I think. Joe Flacco is having one of the, his best years since his, their Super Bowl run. He's mm-hmm. had a few down years and made all his money, and people were like, eh, what, Joe Flacco washed up? You know, they brought in, uh, what's his name from Louisville? Sorry. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, thinking he was going to be coming for Flacco's job, or the Flack Daddy, as I like to call him. And it, that hasn't been the case. You know, Joe Flacco is playing really well. And once again, going to take my blow hand. All right. You take the Ravens minus two and a half. I'm going to take the Titans here. Boo. I think that Tennessee team plays really well at home. I think their defense steps up big time when they're in front of their home fans. We saw it against the Eagles. We saw what Marcus Mariota can do. They're coming off a loss, really coming down after, losing to the, after beating the Eagles a couple weeks ago, losing to the Bills. I like him to bounce back here, stay undefeated at home. Joe Flacco's a different quarterback when he's on the road. Really inconsistent. And it's supposed to be weird weather games. I don't really trust it there either. I like the running game Tennessee can offer. They have a bit of a stable going. So I'm going to take the Titans, plus two and a half. All right, then. All right, Sunday night football. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. Visiting the New England Patriots, Kansas City getting three and a half points so on the road. For this game. This Over is like... under set at sixty. Oh my god, sixty! Watch it be like a ten-seven game. That's always what ends up happening. But who knows with this game? It could actually happen. That's how they sucker you into betting. Emily, what do you think about this? What's one? the line? Sixty. No. Not oh, three and a half. Can't New England minus three and a half at home? Oh, wow. I'm just really excited for this game. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Give me a ton of fun. It's hard. It's, I'm having a real, like, head and heart battle because, like, I'm ready ready for, like, the young prince to come take the king's crown in Patrick Mahomes. But, like, it's Tom Brady. But, like, Gronk isn't having a great year. He's he's going to fall apart soon. Like, literally, like, his arm Dude, is They looked a lot fall. better last week using Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman. I'm going to go with my heart. You take Kansas City? Yeah. I'm going All with right. the heart, not the head. I'm going with my head, and I'm going to take New <laughs> England. But uh, what they, is your heart telling you? It's telling me New England. Your heart is? Yeah. I think that defense is really good at home. They're a different offense. They look a lot faster. With Edelman back, with Josh Gordon, he looked great for them. And I think the Patriots win narrowly, but enough to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. I think Josh Gordon is one of those. I think he's, he's not going to do a ton. He's not going to be the. Diff- he's not going to be this X factor that blows up like he did. Was it fourteen that he was suspended for the first ten games? And he still had like seven hundred yards. Yeah. Final six games of the season. Uh, I think I do think though that he adds a certain depth that the Patriots desperately need, and 
can spread that defense out a bit. And Kansas City's defense, not that great. So it leaves Tom Brady and his surgeon hands some room to uh, snip around. And you don't think Kareem Hunt, you don't, you don't see anything there? No. You're crazy. Might be. Monday Night Football, possibly the worst Monday Night Football <laughs> game on the slate this season. The San Francisco 49ers going to Green Bay to face the banged-up Packers. Nine and a half points the Packers are laying here to C.J. Bethart and the 49ers. Emily, what do you think about this stinker? I think I'm going to be watching Dancing with the Stars on Monday. That's what I think. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but... Yeah, this is a stay-away game. Over-under at 46.5. point spread in a game you just don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, I think... I want to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers as well just because San Francisco looks like they're really just falling apart. They looked fine on the road at L.A. a couple weeks ago, but I don't know. Last week they just really didn't look that good, and I don't know if they can cover it here. Nine and a half is a lot to lay on a primetime game, but I think San Francisco is just really not. They are starting to implode, and I think it's going to be ugly for the rest of the season. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to be week six. We have a couple competing picks here. I think we have three. And we'll see where Matt uh, lines up with us. I can see some he'd probably pick against. Um, especially my pick of Washington. I'll probably side with you. And pick Carolina. Who knows, though? Maybe he picks not the Bills plus 10 or not Denver. All right, you know, you picked L.A. Yeah, so we'll see how it all goes, Em. We will see. But I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming in off the bench. For Matt, taking vacations in the middle of October. I don't know what he's doing. The holidays coming up. It's busy season, time. man. Yeah, busy time. Yeah, especially for him with the market going <laughs> while he's been out. But it's probably why Matt's not there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Maddie hot seats. But I want to thank you again. Keep an eye out for the blogs that are going to be coming up. Both the. AL and LCS preview, fun to be tailgate blog, my college football picks. I'll probably come out uh, either Friday night or Saturday morning. And a ton of other ones, too. I got a lot of other ones in the pipe. I've been busy at uh, at a job this past week. But for Emily, I am the G-Man for the fun V tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Have a good weekend, everybody. Go Birds!